0: Welcome to the Modern Cloister, where we cultivate deeper thinkers and worshipers through conversations about the Christian life, in the same spirit as the community conversations that took place during the Reformation at the Black Cloister, the former monastery and home of Martin Luther and his wife, Katharina von Bora. Today, we're starting the second part in our series on the Psalms, which means for the next four episodes, we're going to go into more detail about each of the genres and types of Psalms, while also talking about specific Psalms within those genres as well. As we mentioned and talked through in our first episode, which was an overview of how to understand the Psalms, we talked about the multiple ways there are and have been throughout history to categorize the different types of Psalms. So what that means is, this is simply how we have chosen to categorize them here in the modern cloister. It's not the only way. In fact, there are anywhere from five to I think 12 different categories Mm -hmm. that are typically looked at as ways to categorize the Psalms. But for the sake of our purposes, we're gonna refer to them in four main categories. And what's a little bit interesting is that often one particular psalm will overlap and have many of these genres within its psalm. So there, there isn't a hard and fast rule for that. But for the sake of where we're headed, the categories we're going to use are praise and thanksgiving, lament and confession, confidence and remembrance, and wisdom and kingship. Now, before we dive into the first one of those, which is going to be praise and thanksgiving, we do want to spend just a moment going back to an overview of what the Psalms are and what they offer us and why they're important. The Psalms are a great example of the intersection of thinking and worshiping. They shape our theology and they influence our worship and they are essential to the Christian life. Now, the word Psalm itself simply means praise. They are a collection of songs and prayers, and they're one of the largest books in the Bible. They have been used throughout the ages for corporate worship, for private worship, and for building up believers. One of the things that they offer believers that we often don't think about is that they really show us all the different facets of the Christian life. They have every emotion possible captured in their texts and so it 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 shows us and gives us guides for how to enter into relationship with God in all different contexts whether it's the highest moments of praise or the lowest moments of lament it's really a guidebook that God has given us as believers and so they they are and should be central to our life they've been used historically in in the church and in families and in individuals lives and they also have so many implications for how they should be be used today and that's really that that overview of of why we should care and why this is important and why it's one of the first series we're doing here at the modern cloister with that we're going to go ahead and just completely kick things off our first genre that we're going to look at is the genre of praise and thanksgiving we're going to talk about these two together but also separate because while they're related they're also different and they have some nuance to them now from from the first standpoint, psalms of praise are psalms that celebrate God for who he is. They have a couple different themes within that. They can be psalms that praise God for for his creation, for him being a creator God. They celebrate his power, his sovereignty, his majesty, his glory. Really any aspect of God's character or his attributes are wrapped up in these psalms of praise. And there's a couple ways and if you want to talk a little bit about how some Previous theologians have categorized them and talked about them, Kevin, to give us some context for what it looks like.
1: Yeah, praise is in some ways the easiest category to talk about, in some ways the most difficult, because you will find praise in almost all of the 150. That's true. Um, Because again, the word psalm means praise. Uh So uh, you're going to have that everywhere. So we thought that was a good place to start. And praise and Thanksgiving often go together, but not always. So we're trying to make a distinction here just to give you some different facets of it. Like Krista said, we're looking at praise in the sense of of just praise God for who He is, mm-hmm. and um, that's necessarily going to have some of the remembrance and some of the other things we'll get to later in Thanksgiving. But it's also blessing God for creating heaven, mm-hmm. blessing God for creating us, blessing God that He would be mindful of us. You know mm-hmm. that that sort of a lot of these were sound very familiar to you. It's been different ways to try to break them up into different things, and f- for one thing, is is Luther breaks them into three different categories. Uh, one is individual and so that's going to be written from an individual perspective. These are ones like Psalm 9, 30, 40, 66, 116. And then the other category has is community. And this is ones that were written kind of from the perspective of Israel as a whole. Um, so that's a lot of we, right That's that's you know the uh, community focus and, and examples of those would be 106, 124, and 129, and it's interesting that he splits these up because in our second episode for the songs, we talked about how to use them, you know, singing them, praying them, reading them, but also reading them corporately and privately. And so uh, Luther had that kind of mentality for some of them as well, that some are better suited for individual community. But, of course, you you can use them all. And then he has an interesting one uh, called Descriptive. And these are where I'd say we probably get a lot of hymns in modern praise songs mm-hmm, because it too. is... You know, your majesty reaches to the heavens, You're, and it's it's all just describing God. All it's, the it's,
0: imagery. Yeah,
1: yeah, a lot of the When you really think of, like, the poetic aspects, if we read, like, the first two to four verses of each one, you'd be like, I know that from a song. Mm-hmm, probably. And uh, he has a huge list here, um, 18, or I'm sorry, 8, 19, 29, 33, 57, 89, 100 is a good one, 103, 11, 113, 134, pretty much all the 30s, and then 46 through 50, which is a special category, and we'll, uh, we'll touch on that later, but I think we're also going to wrap up the whole series with that. So that's praise. That is God for who he is, and we want to just jump into a few selected ones and kind of read through them. So, yeah, Krista, you want to hit, what, Psalm 8 for us?
0: Yeah. Psalm 8 is one of my personal favorites. I have spent a lot of time in Psalm 8 over the past year because I've been, if you listen to the episode right before this about singing the Psalms and psalming, this is one that I've spent a lot of time in from a psalming perspective. I've I've been singing this one a lot and I've actually written an entire new song that I hope to be releasing soon based on Psalm 8 because I love that I love its imagery and so I'm just going to go ahead and read some of it for you right now. It says O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth! You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants you have established strength because of your foes, to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, and crowned him with glory and honor you have given him dominion over the works of your hands and you have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. One of the things that caught my attention about this Psalm from the very beginning was the way that it both starts and ends with a call to praise God for the majesty of his name and then within the within all the middle parts there's so much beautiful illustration that points us to to see and to look at the creation around us and some of the the particular phrases he uses within that i love this picture of setting his glory high above the heavens i don't know why that captures my imagination but the idea of setting something high above it just it it demands that you you point your gaze upward and and I love the imagery of that, and I, and I love some of these words that he, you know, that the, the psalmist uses when it talks about looking at the heavens, looking at the the works of his of his hands and the moon and the stars. These things that God has given us in creation that so often we're so used to that we don't really take the time to sit in and I guess experience that sense of awe. I know if anyone has ever gone out into you know, I you spent some some time in Montana or if you ever anywhere where you actually have all the lights off at night and you can see the stars. I think those moments where mm-hmm. you really can see in a different way the creation of God. They do draw your soul into this place of look at what God has created. Look how big and majestic he is. And... In relation to that, how small I am, and how worthy of of praise He is, and and being small and looking up at Him, that He cares for me still, and it just it draws out my heart when I read this. And so that's a really a really powerful example, in my opinion, of a a praise psalm for creation. And then I'll point to one. I won't I won't read the whole thing, but another one that I've always really liked is Psalm 29. And many of you may recognize this when I start reading it. But it's another one that points to praising God for for the glory do his name. And it says, Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory do his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness, which, which essentially is a call to, to worship God and to praise him for all of his attributes. That splendor of holiness is really the, the capturing of all that he is. And then later in the psalm, it talks about the voice of the Lord and its power over creation. So not only did God create, but his voice still has power over creation, that it's over the waters, it's over many waters, the voice of the Lord is powerful, that it can break down trees, that it can make the ground skip like a calf, which is one of those images that doesn't really feel familiar to us but it's essentially means that you know he can cause the earth to quake beneath our feet because he's that powerful and so this type of imagery when you sit with it can really call your soul into to looking upward and praising god and i just I, I love these two in particular what about you i know you have one
1: yeah a lot of the praise songs are are long i had some sitting here thinking of it and um and I know we, we've encouraged memorization of the Psalms, and so kind of coincident or I guess I should say providentially, right? Yes, providentially. Today, um, our you know, our church is going through a whole year in the Bible, Bible reading plan, and um, we actually read Psalm 117, which mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure is the shortest Psalm. It's, I think, two verses, and it's just a straight praise Psalm, so I'd recommend check that out if you want to. Kind of cheat a little or, or get started on memorization um, it is a good one now there's
0: famously uh 146
1: 147 148 149 and 150 we're going to kind of touch on those later because they're kind of their own category but they're all praise songs they all begin and end with praise and uh so that i want to bring you to psalm 148 because i think it's probably the best example of just a true uh, uh praise and we'll get to this in a minute in Thanksgiving, but some of them start with praise, you know, praise God for who he is, and then thank you for what you're done. And, of course, even the laments start with praise. Uh, but just to give you an example of just straight praising God for who he is, uh, listen to 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his host. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. This is creation, right? Let everything praise the name of the Lord. For he commanded that they were created, and he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree, and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures of all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind, fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruits and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things, flying birds, kings of the earth all peoples, princes, and all rulers, young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for His name alone is exalted. His majesty is above heaven. He has raised up a horn for His people. Praise for all His saints, for the people of Israel who are near Him. Praise the Lord. Get a few weird things in there. Whenever you hear cedars, those were of Lebanon or giant trees think redwoods that's so you're thinking all trees all things and of course raise up your horn just mm-hmm. means exalt them right because it's part of the anointing imagery so it, it goes through Who, who's going to praise that's everybody mm-hmm. old people young people men women it's it's a command to praise it's it's it is the song of praise it's a command to praise everything will I mean the sun and the moon will praise mm-hmm. luckily we get to as well but also everything will animals sea creatures birds everything so to me that's a really good example of what just a pure praise God for who he is as the creator.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So now we're going to move along to Thanksgiving. You want to give everyone an overview of the difference, as, as we've at least put categories around, of the difference or the, the, the delineation point between Thanksgiving. song and want praise song. Yeah,
1: as, as we mentioned earlier, one of the things we're kind of, kind of split it up. Thanksgiving is more as what has happened, whereas praise is who God is. Um, So you'll have a lot of these. And again, that overlaps with remembrance um, in some ways. And we'll get more on those because a good good chunk of, not a good chunk, but a number of the pure praise ones talk about deliverance, Exodus. You know, Moses wrote a psalm. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to skip some of those and get to ones that... um, focus on the thanksgiving and a lot of it is the salvation Mm -hmm. and of course they're talking in a national or an eschatological the future tense right because this is Mm pre-christ we can thank god for salvation now post christ post the cross and and that should just mean a little more so uh here's one that i think is a good one there's uh elements of of praise but it gives you that reason that you're thanking god as part of your praise so psalm 100 uh psalm for giving thanks (laughs) Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pastor. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. The steadfast love endures forever is one of the most common refrains in the entire Old Testament and certainly in the Psalms. And that is, that's one of the reasons we give thanks, right? That's not only who God is, but it's also why we praise God because his love for us mm-hmm. endures forever.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a lot about what he has done for us in particular. And I think that there there's a really great example, and I'm going to read only a piece of it next because it is a longer psalm, but Psalm 136 is a great example of a psalm of thanksgiving. It's actually called the Great Hillel, and the first verse in that um, is actually re- it's recited in Second Chronicles when Solomon dedicates the temple, which is really interesting. And some commentators believe that the whole psalm essentially would have been sung. And if you think about that in the context of praising God mm-hmm. in those in that moment, that, that Solomon was dedicating the temple, they were also praising God and thanking God for what He had done for them. And because so, the
1: temple would have been the yeah. presence of God dwelling among them, so they're they're thanking and praising yes. God for His presence
0: yes exactly so i want to i want to have that picture in your minds as we read this next example and i'm just going to read the the first part of it but if you think about the context from a historical perspective that that would have been surrounding this moment i think it, it gives you some some interesting entry point into this give thanks to the lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever give thanks to the god of gods for his steadfast love endures forever Give thanks to the Lord of Lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who by understanding made the heavens, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who spread out the waters, to spread out the earth above the waters, for his steadfast love endures forever. For him who made the great lights, for his steadfast love endures forever. The sun to rule over the day, for his steadfast love endures forever. The sun and stars to rule over the night. And by that I mean the moon and stars to rule over the night, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, for his steadfast love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them, for his steadfast love endures forever with a strong hand and an outstretched arm for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two for his steadfast love endures forever. Now, there are many, many, many more verses that go through after this, but you can start to see the pattern here. It was a line of what God has done followed by for his steadfast love endures forever. So a recognition of what God has done and then a response of thanks and thanksgiving for that from the people. And if you think about the dedication of the temple and and this commentary that, that many believe that this would have been sung, you can see what this could have looked like, where someone would have been leading the people in reminding them of what God has done for them, and then all the people saying, for his steadfast love endures forever. And as I've read this psalm in the past without knowing some of that context, I've often wondered if this was a song, and I mean, many of these are songs and are supposed to be psalms, but knowing that context has put it into a different perspective for me and thinking of how the community as a whole would have used this, and I think that's really Mm -hmm. neat to think about that in its historical context.
1: Well, it's a good reminder of the use of the Psalms. I mean, we—it's you know—we we have it in the um, in the New Testament when Paul's in prison, they're singing Psalms, so we know that. But you know, the dedication of the temple is well before that. We're mm-hmm. talking perhaps a thousand years before Christ. So we are talking there's, they, they, these talking—they—they—they—the Psalms existed. And again, it's frustrating. This song is one of the oldest, probably, if it's being sung then. Why is it not till number one thirty six? We don't know. We talked about this in our first episode. It's a confusing book, but they're singing psalms that we have in our scripture. It's scripture quoting scripture and reading scripture, and I just think the continuity there, and and it shows you the importance of it. I mean, Uh if they're dedicating the temple, singing this psalm, how much more should we be using these songs and these as our guidance for our praise and worship? In our services today, still.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If you haven't, if you haven't been around for the journey until this episode, we encourage you. As if you're going to continue with us for the next several, to go back and listen to our first and second episodes. In the first episode, we really dived into how to understand the Psalms in general. What are they? We went into some history, some of those in a sense, difficulties mm-hmm. that that are part of reading the Psalms and and what's good to know about them and how they're organized and all those pieces. And the second one was all about how to use them in both corporate and private practice. I mean so we, we go into some of those things. And we would invite you to go, if you haven't, to go listen to those as we continue along our journey. Because in the next episode we're going to dive into two new genres that go together and that is Lament and Confession. We're very excited to be talking about that soon and hope that you will join us for that as well. But for now, that is a peek into our praise and thanksgiving psalms within the bible we hope you enjoyed this and we hope that you'll go pick up your own bible today tomorrow and the next day and continue reading some of these and thinking about them and starting to worship with them more fully throughout your days as well
1: Rate, review and subscribe
0: always the ask <laughs> you can connect with us on online uh, i'm at carissa turner on instagram and at twitter
1: you can find me on Twitter at TheKevinTurner and also writing at MondayMorningTheologian.com.
0: You can connect with us at moderncloister.com and send us an email with your thoughts at moderncloister at gmail.com. We'd love to know your thoughts on on this series and any particular questions or insights you may have as you're joining us for the journey. See you next time.